This podcast was produced and recorded in the studios of Cairns FM 89.1. This is the evolution of intimacy with Ella Shannon. A show about sex, relationships and everything in between. You can start to feel bliss while you're vacuuming. I don't know if I've tried that or not. Do I want to try it? What is it? Very complex, very interesting. Flogging, whipping, caning. So there I was in my high heels and my little dress. So it is purely a stigma. Healthy sexual expression with other humans. I went to the local women's health centre and went, I think I'm a lesbian, is there a support group? They don't know quite how to talk about it. It's actually a core skill in relationships. That has always worked for me. Rod is an expert in the art of sacred intimacy, masculine embodiment and meditation. Prior to this, he worked as a hairdresser for 30 years and through that fine-tuned his ability to connect and listen to people. So he knows with great detail the common challenges that women and men face in relationships. Welcome to Evolution of Intimacy, Rod. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. Yeah, me too. So embodied masculinity, what does that mean? Can you share a bit more about that, please? Yeah, well, that's a good question. We've got masculine embodiment there. Masculinity and the masculine are, are probably two different things. Quite often, masculine embodiment is referenced as, as something specifically male, which it, which it isn't. But if we were to dive deeply into what masculine embodiment means, it, it really means to embody consciousness to become deeply present, to be right here now in this moment. That's what masculine embodiment actually means. It's very it's pretty much the the opposite of what we see culturally in terms of male behaviour and in terms of being busy and distracted and all over the place and stretched really thin. You know, the masculine the the qualities of consciousness if we could dive into it like with a meditation or something right now would be you know stillness silence nothingness equanimity there's a there's a, a beautiful sense of like awareness within consciousness that that feels like being held within a container and for a man to be able to, to participate in masculine embodiment the gift that that becomes for his woman is, is exponential because when a man can embody the masculine, his, his partner can unravel within that. There's not a requirement for her to be any particular way. She can be seen and be heard in all that she actually is. And it allows, it allows a woman to become more of, of who she is and who she wants to be. The masculine embodiment is more about the qualities of consciousness and how they're displayed through the body than it is any of the cultural narratives around what masculinity or the masculine is. Yeah, wow, because we have so much ideas about, well, I don't and I'm sure you don't, but society as a whole about what is a man and how it is to be a man in the world. And what you're talking about is something very different and it sounds like this is open to any genders to be embodied in that masculinity if you're describing it in that way in there yeah absolutely it's because it's not gender specific masculine embodiment can be done by a man or a woman or a non-gender specific person non-binary
binary. I'm not sure of the exact way to language it, and I hate offending people. So just forgive me for my lack of awareness in that. But it it doesn't matter what gender you are in that. Like even in same-sex relationships, there's always going to be someone holding a more masculine embodiment within a moment and then a more feminine. And like we don't have to use those specific words. We could teachers of a mind in America have changed their language to alpha and omega, like to to represent the different alpha being what would typically have been references masculine and omega as references as what was referenced as feminine. But if like we can change the language, it, it doesn't really matter because none of it's gender specific. In fact it more closely references what we see in nature than it does what we see in human Wow, I love that you said in a moment, like even in a same-sex relationship, one person will have the masculine pole in a moment and the other the feminine in a moment and that that can be fluid and certainly in uh, heterosexual couples as well, you might take in turns a little bit. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. It happens all day, every day. Like for heterosexual relationships or same-sex relationships, the, the embodiment of the qualities, like even right now in this moment, you've asked me a question and I'm you know, responding with an answer. As I'm speaking to you, you're sitting there silent, listening, aware of what I'm saying, saying essentially you're holding that masculine as I express. Mm. The dynamic is playing out right now, whether we like it or we don't like it, it doesn't really matter. It's, it's present. But if it's present and we're aware of it, then we can use it skillfully to magnify love and that's, the, that's how it becomes a gift. If we can get past the, the names and start to understand what they represent, we can use these as tools to, to excavate our lover's heart and to bring forth you know, their true essence, who they are, to help them move past their own limitations that, that they can't see and, and help guide them to being the person that they want to be in the intimate relationship, whether they're man or woman or whatever, none of that matters. It's all relevant, to be perfectly honest. Mm. What matters is how do we magnify love in another human being and what do we need to do in any moment to, to, to evoke that? You are listening to The Evolution of Intimacy with me, Alice Shannon a show about sex, relationships, and everything in between. Most of us have not been encouraged or taught how to talk about sex. They are curious. Hang on a sec, I'm a woman, I have needs now. Whole new level of sensation and pleasure. I looked at my yoni before and after and I was like, oh my God. You may experience a range of emotions. What we associate as being related to one gender or another changes all the time. Pleasure is our birthright. You're on these massive doses of steroids. I look like Bert Newton. I wouldn't have been attracted to myself. (laughs) So they were just so happy to know that A, they weren't alone, and B, that this was like a legitimate thing. And that actually sounds really lovely and erotic, really pleasurable. It's a secret. Mind-blowing. Mm, how do we magnify love and excavate your lover's heart? I mean, this is, this is a gorgeous way of approaching relationships and just very different, I think, to what most 
people approach relationships with, isn't it? What are some ways people can start to open up to embodied masculinity? What would be some entries into that if people are thinking, oh, that does sound a bit more delicious than the cultural scripts that we've been force-fed? The most effective and efficient way to cultivate masculine embodiment is through meditation. And not like guided, fluffy meditations where you waft off, like specific meditations that cultivate the deepening of awareness and specifically the allowing of, of a deeper level of presence to come online. And presence has some very specific qualities to it. it, it, it there's three in particular, and it's in relation to the, our attention, it's free feeling attention. And so when our attention's free, it's not fixated on something or something someone's saying or what we think it means that they're saying it or who we think we are in relationship to what they're saying. But our attention is just open and curious about what's arising in front of us, how this person is expressing themselves, how they're being perhaps impacted by our presence and us being there. So our attention's free. It's feeling, which means our attention is aware of the feeling experience of the human in front of us and what our our words uh how we're showing up and that can be impacted by the depth of our breath um the posture of our body all these things impact the moment like massively but there's a sense of being able to feel where the other persons are quite often if someone's angry or upset they're actually hurting they're suffering in that moment yeah. and when we're present enough we can actually feel that person's suffering. If we allow curiosity to be guided by our feeling capacity, then we can actually recognize that human pain and that there's something that we can do to be a support to that in that moment. And our attention, so free feeling and attention, our attention is on that person. We're not looking at them thinking about what we're going to say or what we want to do tomorrow or what happened last week or what happened last time we had an argument. Our attention's with that person placed on them in their body and with a sense of, you know, I'm here for you mm. rather than what do I need to say, how do I need to feel, you know, what, what's happening for me in this moment. It's a, it's a different way of approaching relationship. And it's a, it's a different way of loving. Yeah. Yeah, I imagine it coming with that attitude of just, I'm right here for you. I'm not trying to say anything or do anything. I'm just being present. That would really diffuse a lot of the difficulties that people in relationships have, I'm sure. It just takes the heat out of it, doesn't it? It does, yeah. And... If I was working with men, specifically doing men's work, I would say to them, 98% of your arguments wouldn't happen if you would just shut up and listen. <laughs> and that's yeah. true for any gender and any sex, but the, the, the person will shift in that dynamic a little more fluidly than it does in a heterosexual relationship. But that, that being present and available for somebody's experience allows them to find their way through it a little bit. Because most of if they're, let's say, triggered or angry or frustrated or upset about something, they're in a highly sensitized state. They're not 
being rational and clear and there's no requirement to be like allow them to be irrational or allow them to be unclear and excavate that mm. that's just sitting on top of the deeper feeling mm. and then underneath that will be a deeper feeling and underneath that possibly even a trauma or something that happened in childhood so that moment rather than reacting to it it's an opportunity to love our partner to wholeness by recognizing that there's a deeper hurt or pain holding space for that and allowing it to come to the surface by them exploring whatever they need to say or feel to recognize, oh, no, that's not true. Like, the quite often, if we feel something, we say it out loud, we recognize very quickly whether or not it's true. Yeah. Sometimes that process needs to be allowed. And that's a gift to our partner if we can allow that. And so becoming more present, masculine embodiment is what allows that to emerge between two people, Hmm. the capacity to be still, to be silent, to listen, to allow our attention to be free, and at the same time, feeling into that person and letting them them bubble over, allowing that, Hmm. not not needing them to be different, to be loved, just loving them exactly as they are, Hmm. without needing them to be different, which if we dove into that, that would be the, the core foundation of unconditional love. You are listening to The Evolution of Intimacy with me, Ella Shannon, a show about sex, relationships, and everything in between. Most of us have not been encouraged or taught how to talk about sex. They are curious. Hang on a sec. I'm a woman. Like, I have needs now. whole new level of sensation and pleasure. I looked at my yoni before and after and mm. I was like, oh my God. You may experience a range of emotions. What we associate as being related to one gender or another, it changes all the time. Pleasure is our birthright. You're on these massive doses of steroids. I look like Bert Newton. I wouldn't have been attracted to myself. (laughs) So they were just so happy to know that A, they weren't alone, and B, that this was like a legitimate thing. And that actually sounds really lovely and erotic, really pleasurable. It's a secret. Mind blowing. Just really getting out of the way and allowing the person's process to unfold. And, and I'm kind of picturing how the fixing and the trying to defend, it just interrupts and, you know, sort of that, I'm getting this image of just that flower of like the petals and unfolding and unfolding until you get to that to that core and, it is such a different way than people mostly communicate, yeah. for sure. Yeah, and that's a really beautiful description and analogy of it. That's literally what you're doing. You're mm. allowing someone to unfurl, to unfold. Yeah, mm. beautiful. I love that. Mm. So being present, getting out of the way, listening... Yeah, this sounds really helpful. What else is helpful for particularly guys to understand, you know, in relationship with women or people that are in relationships with women? What's helpful for them to know and understand, Rod? Around the expression of emotion. Yeah, you know, we have this sort of... In general. Yeah, we have these tropes that, you know, men are from Mars, women are from Venus, we're speaking totally different languages. There, There seems like a bit of a miscommunication or misunderstanding sometimes what do you think that's about and and what do men in particular need to understand about women 
Okay, yeah. Yeah, if we're going to talk specifically about that, there's no awareness culturally about how to conduct a relationship. People think love is something that will happen to them or if they find the right person. If you look up love in the dictionary, right out of the verb, which means it's a doing word, Mm. like action. It's not something that happens, it's something we do. And so, like, people often reference the first three months of their relationship of how beautiful it is. And really, that's just giving people an idea of how it can be the whole time, or at least the starting point, and then it gets better from there. Yeah. If you have the skills to navigate that. Yeah. And so... The thing, like, for men that they could be aware of, most men will, will shame women's emotions. In fact, even women shame other women's emotions if you're paying attention. But the women's emotions and what people would call a rational behavior is actually a gift. It's, it's always... The feminine's always in response to the masculine. Mm. Men will always complain that they're being blamed for everything in the, the relationship. And a woman's experience is like that's how it feels for her because the feminine part of her is always in response to the moment, always in response to the masculine. And when we start to look at a woman's emotions as they're informing us of something rather than, you know, she's crazy or she's doing this or she's doing that, like a woman's emotions or her reactions or responses to us are informing us of how present we are. Most men, as little boys, have some kind of superhero fantasy of like, I want to be like Superman or Batman, or I want to be the guy on the, the white knight on the horse yeah. and rescue the the princess sort of thing. We all have us men that I've met. I've never met one that said no to that question. Mm. So that fantasy is rooted in the, the a man's desire to be a great man, and so. Somewhere along the way, that gets killed off in our culture, particularly like a man's heart is actually very sensitive. If we were talking about chakras and energy centers, it's actually a negative polarity. All the, all the chakras are energetically, they're polarized, they're opposite. So with the sensitive masculine heart, it gets shut down at a very young age with that no space to feel, particularly yeah. men are like I'm 50, so it's my generation, it's getting better. But... Without that sensitivity, men can't, they can't garnish the fruits of a relationship. They can't receive a woman's love. So you'll often hear single men in those toxic spaces saying, what's the point of a relationship? Why would I want to have one? And all these sorts of things. It's because they don't understand the value of a woman. Mm. And the value of a woman is when she's emotionally reacting to him. I guarantee you in every one of those situations, he's being less of the man that he wants to be. Hmm. He's being less of the man than she knows him to be. And she's calling him to present. Her emotional expression in that moment is, it hurts my heart so much when you be less than I know you to be. And that's really what her emotional experience, the primarily underlying gift, is she's letting you know hey, this is not who you said you want to be. This Mm. isn't congruent with who you are as a man. You're being less than you want to be right now in this moment. And when we start to understand that and we recognize that, now her emotional reactions or expression or responses in the moment, they're a gift going, you want to be a great man, you need to step up right now. You need to 
change what you're doing right now. The way you're speaking, the way you're behaving, whatever you're doing in that moment is not who you say you want to be. That is not that great man. Mm. Emotions as a barometer to sort of change course. Absolutely, Mm. yeah. And, Mm. And what you said there is actually perfect because for men, need to learn to navigate their woman. And the barometer is the feeling expression. Mm. Like for me, I'll run stuff past my woman just to get a read on her feelings to see if it's a good idea or not. Like it'll be, I'll be like, babe, how do you feel about this? And she'll be like, oh my God, that feels really good in my body. I'm like, right, I'm going to go and do whatever that is. Or I might (laughs) say, hey, I want to go and do this. And she'll be like, bleh. And I'll be like, "Mm, okay, that's a no. So like... Her feeling capacity and expression is quite phenomenal. And she can touch into, like, emotions or energy. They're electric- electricity, electrical current. She can also tap into a lot more than what, you know, we can as men with our head. Like, we have an emotional feeling capacity as well, but, you know, the feminine or well, women specifically will filter the, the world through the experience of I feel. Like, you said men are from Mars and women are from Venus, but... <laughs> The truth is we have a different way of viewing the world. And so the feminine heart is always looking for love connection mm. and filters the world through I feel. The masculine heart is filtering the world through purpose of like, where am I going or what am I doing? Like, is this mm. important? There's that kind of thing. And so mm. when men from that point of view look at a woman's emotions from what's the purpose of this? What's the point? Mm. They will always see it as pointless. Like, yeah. where is this going? Well, emotions generally don't go anywhere. They swirl mm. and they move, but they're not, they don't have a direction. It's not like you're going to climb a career ladder with those. But what they do is they inform the moment. They inform us of who we're being, how we're being in the world, and where we can make adjustments. And what men will find is they learn to navigate that and to understand that, that his woman will become his greatest ally because the opening of her heart is what is calling him to presence and if he does that how he shows up to purpose to business to his career to his friendships will be totally different but it will take him to another level Mm. a man's career what he can create in the world is is exponentially magnified if he can learn to to bring his woman more deeply into his life, to love her more fully, to open her heart, to allow her expression to become bigger and fuller, let her be all the feelings that she wants to be, and don't don't let her hold anything back. Call it out of her. Tell her, no, I want more. I want more mm. emotions. I want more crazy. Bring it. Come on, <laughs> I want to see more. Show me. Mm. Yeah, feel that rising in your body. That that laughter is like energy bubbling up. It, good (laughs) wow what you're describing just sounds you know so gorgeous and just such a beautiful template for a healthy relationship what would you say to though like we work so hard to have equality both people are out of the house working you know it's no longer necessarily the woman that looks after the kids And, and this sounds like something a bit different really not necessarily equals but honoring each person's different gifts and roles i guess bingo and that's what i would call equality Mm. see i think our culture has gone for assimilation it's the same Mm. it's like 
the the whole you know feminine uh, women's you know liberation movement that that you know they, there should never have been a bloody gender gap with pay like that's just ridiculous like yeah. all those things that the women had to fight for they shouldn't have had to fight for yeah. it's just it's ludicrous but with people as they are like like one of the things you asked me is like how do people find me well I don't have a website I don't have social media I go through my wife's uh, website <laughs> like it's it's like the opposite. You know, I cook for her and do stuff around the house. A man could be a stay-at-home dad and be the most masculine beast ever. Yeah, the the cool. gender roles of, of work don't matter yeah. at all. In, yeah. in fact, in some ways, it's preferential for the man to be at home, learn to cultivate stillness and silence in the body, masculine practice, and then, you know, have the home set up for his woman and the kids organized when she gets home so she's walking into a sacred space, a sanctuary, Know, somewhere that her nervous system can unravel from the, the tension of, of work and the day, like the the gender roles that are out there in our culture, they're, they're not a hindrance. Mm. But our culture, I don't think, has gone for equality. It's gone for a sameness or a stimulation. Equality is honouring the differences. It's mm. saying, it's saying, this is beautiful, and learning to understand that. You know, it's like you know, the masculine qualities and the strength that, you know, that men actually have and can bring to a relationship when that's understood deeply and offered skillfully, absolutely beautiful. Yeah. And it's the same for a woman, her emotions, when they're understood deeply and we learn to honor and not just honor those, like the, the three pillars of sacred intimacy are presence, devotion, and polarity. Mm. And devotion is a really important one because... It's generally reserved for, you know, religion or, or sacred temples or, you know, the other modalities or whatever that are out there of, of different types of spirituality. But when we begin to apply devotion to our intimate partner, to treat our relationship as sacred as if it was a temple, that we, you know, we, would, we wouldn't go trampling into a temple and dump all the emotions from the past into it. Like our race relationship space becomes sacred and we treat it as such. And then we treat our woman as divine. You don't put her down. She's not the butt of your jokes. She is your woman. She is your oracle. You love her. You honor her. You worship her. And you treat her as that. But then in doing that, something emerges within a woman. Mm. And her desire for devotion and worship is strong. And she will bring that. If she can trust men, if she knows that it's going to be cherished and honored and valued, she feels safe to open in that. And even if it's in a same-sex couple, that doesn't matter. It's still the same. The relationship is sacred. It doesn't matter. The gender parts don't matter. It's the qualities and it's honoring the other individual in a way that, you know, for me, the, the question behind my actions and the choices has to be, Am I magnifying love in this moment? Mm. And if not, something needs to change. Wow. Am I magnifying love in this moment? Yeah. Beautiful. <laughs> oh, what a great message to get out there, Rod. I have just absolutely been hanging on everywhere. It's just been delightful to talk to you. Thank you so much. If people, yeah, if people wanted to uh, find out any more, you said you don't actually have a website, but is there a way that people could have a bit more of a look or hear of what you, you your message is? Go to my, my, yeah, go to my wife's website, which is martinihughes.com. And yeah, I'm on there. 
I, I have, don't have social media or any of those things. Love it. <laughs> Great. Yeah. Thanks again. That was, yeah, wonderful discussion. Thanks, Rod. You're welcome, Alice. Thank you. You've been listening to The Evolution of Intimacy with Ella Shannon. We're feeling juicy the whole day. Every desire I could possibly think of. What sort of impact would it have? They want it, they're going to go and get it. They don't think of long-term consequences. Oh, did that feel really nice? Oh, yes, that felt really delicious. Being able to feel good about my body again, that's been a huge thing. All anybody really wants in this world is to feel seen and heard. We actually do have a lot that connects us physically. It's making people feel good. There is a real sense of hopefulness that returns in a relationship. A really beautiful thing. Take that beauty and that calmness and that bliss and that sense of peace out into the world. Thank you for listening and I hope we've inspired you with our juicy conversations on this episode of The Evolution of Intimacy. If you would like to go deeper, you can book a session of relationship counselling, sex therapy or individual counselling via my website. I work in person in Cairns, tropical far north Queensland or I can meet you online anywhere in the world. Or you might prefer to go at your own pace with my 12-lesson relationship and intimacy online course. To book or to listen to previous episodes, visit my website, ellashannon.com or follow me on the socials at Evolution of Intimacy. Finally, please go to iTunes and write me a quick review if you're feeling kind. Thank you, lovelies, and see you next time. This podcast was produced and recorded in the studios of Cairns FM 89.1.